Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and joining me today are Scott and Amy Frolick, who are chronicling their experience of getting pregnant and having a baby on the new podcast, 40 and Knocked Up. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you this week by YesQuest, which is a 24-hour gaming marathon in support of youth empowerment and support services, and you'll hear more about that later in the show. And this podcast is a proud member of the currently under construction Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. And you'll hear more about that a little later on as well. Cool. All right. So, Amy and Scott, tell me, why did you decide to make 40 and Knocked Up? Um, Well, I've actually been working on a book um, over the last year and a half and um, just I was looking, we were both looking for information about being um, older and um, trying to get pregnant and uh, we were just not finding that there was a lot of information out there Mm -hmm. and so. The information was really boring. (laughs) It wasn't, we went to the bookstore and. There was no book that addressed that. I, I, I was shocked to find out there wasn't a 40 and older book. Mm-hmm. I really thought that someone would have once stolen the title because it seemed pretty obvious. Um, and then that there would have been more than one book and that one of those books would have actually been interesting to read. Um, but it was none of the above. There wasn't a book. And then most most pregnancy books are mind-numbingly boring. <laughs> Yeah, or terrifying, right? Like like a big book of everything that can go wrong, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. and so we were just standing there looking at the the parenting section, and yeah, I was just shaking my head like, "There's nothing." And I said, "We should." I said, "I should write my own book." And Scott goes. 40 and knocked up. (laughs) I said, that's it. (laughs) I'm going to write that book. (laughs) And then, so then why bring an audio um, aspect to it? Well, you know, I was, uh, um, I was, went to the uh, Northwest Film Festival podcast camp. Mm -hmm. This was the week that that was hosted there at the final. And um, I was on the stage for one day, for day one. And then uh, the next day I came was thinking, what do I want to do? And I had a podcast idea in mind um, because, but it was nothing that I was really super passionate about. And then on Friday when you were talking, I was like staring into space when suddenly, I I swear, it was like out of the blue. I'm like, Amy's got that book. That's the (laughs) podcast. Why am I working so hard at this? And it was like, that was it automatically. I just knew right then that was the podcast we needed to do because it struck everything that, that you and others had talked about when it came to doing podcasts, which is, is it relevant to you? Will it be relevant to other people? Are you passionate about it? Is it something that can go on? Is it something that other people can use? Does it fill out a unique place in, in the market? And uh, I you know, went to iTunes and I looked up uh, older pregnancy or 40 and all these other things. I'm like, just like the bookstore, there was nothing there. And I thought, well, <laughs> we will have the marketplace as much as there is a marketplace for 40 and knocked up or 41 and knocked up and 42, et cetera. <laughs> um, we'll have it to ourselves because no one seems to be addressing it. And yet that seems to me part of the, the generation that is listening to, to podcasts are the ones who are like, oh, this is interest, an interesting way to acquire material, much like a radio show, but you can PVR it for your own time, right? Yeah. And it's your specific, I'm interested in this. At least that's how I view podcasting. Plus, demographically, there are more and more women getting pregnant after 40, like that we know that. So, th- so this, there is a market, it seems like there should be a market here. 
I didn't know that Northwest Fest was the uh, epiphany giving <laughs> thing that happened. So, well, for sure, you were on the stage, and, and I was listening <laughs> to you and your two guests, and I remember thinking, "What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do?" And I was literally looking at the ceiling of that club when it hit. It was the, it was <laughs> one of those moments in your life when you're like. Oh, why did this take so long to think? I should have been obvious to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that it should have been obvious thing doesn't mean that it was obvious, but it's good. It's a good indication that it was worth doing. So maybe Amy, you've already uh, crossed this bridge, but how scary it is, is it to talk about something so intimate? Um, actually, I find it very therapeutic. Um, just because we did have some challenges during our struggle trying to conceive. And so it's nice actually to talk about it. And um, it's almost, like I said, just therapy for me. And um, yeah, I don't know. How do you feel when we talk about it? Because I know it's it's personal, but I'm open to sharing it. And if it's going to help other couples that are trying or other women who are trying to conceive... It isn't something uh, that I would worry about talking with other people that I trusted. So in a way, mm-hmm. um, because it's just Amy and I in the basement with the microphone and the computer, uh, it's very intimate, right? And I don't really think about the audience. But I, when friends tell me, oh, I listened to the podcast, I'm like, well, thank you very much. If, if they feel it's personal, that's great. If it's help, that's great. And um, I... Don't have a problem with it being mm-hmm. with it being personal because I don't feel it's invasive. I mostly think, like Amy says, it's therapeutic for us, and probably if it's helpful to other people, um, then mm-hmm. it's a win all around, right? So, as we're having this conversation, I've heard the first three episodes, and um, I don't want to spoil anything, but I would say this is a podcast you should listen to in order. Right, you shouldn't dip in and out. There, it's a story that's in order. Without yeah. spoiling anything, I would say that the the journey's not been smooth. So, at what point were you okay? At, at what point in your pregnancy were you okay with telling the story of of where you're at now? I would say very recently. Yeah, in the yeah. last two months, I I I feel like things are healthy right now and I feel confident that this pregnancy is gonna continue through and we're gonna have a healthy pregnancy so I I feel like it's like I'm okay to talk about it and share our experience yeah Mm -hmm. and you have been pregnant before you have a daughter who's eight is that right yeah Yeah. she'll be eight next month so yeah quite a big age gap between yeah, the two. Yeah, but for the free babysitting in a couple of years. It's going to come in super handy, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so early on, but have you received any reaction so far? Um, yeah, I mean, just, we didn't really share with anyone that we were going to be doing a podcast and I haven't really let many people know that I've been working on a book either. So more so like when we posted on social media, it was, just an interest from friends and family. And um, we've had a couple um, people comment on our Facebook page and that they've, you know, 
enjoyed listening to our story and which has been nice. Like it's really neat hearing from somebody else and hearing a little about their experience and and kind of the purpose of the podcast is that you share your experience and that makes others more comfortable. One, to know that their experience is is unique, but not they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, they tend to want to share, like one of the Facebook posts we got, one of the first ones was explaining their world, mm-hmm. right? And I was just, con- I was just uh, Facebooking somebody who I worked with uh, in another city and uh she had has one in diapers just four months old and she's like oh, i want to have a second but i'm 39 years old and i said you need to talk with us on our podcast <laughs> yeah because of course what happens is you realize that just because you're going through it doesn't mean certainly you're not alone that others and certainly others in your life because we all kind of share that same cultural uh, world and they're going through the same thing and so the next thing you know you've got people who are interested people who will be guests and and we've reached out to we want to talk with uh, um, OBGYNs we want to talk with uh, other women who have been uh, pregnant and had kids who are 40 or or they're 10 years down the line because they had them at 40 now they're 50 and it's like what, What's what that kind like? of words of advice do they have? And that's why I love this whole the whole concept for this mm-hmm. podcast is it opens up because it isn't just being pregnant at that age, but because you realize, well, that means you're going to be like 60 when they're 20 years old, right? And for some people, they're like, oh, my goodness, I've been, you know, that's terrible. I'll, I was had my kids right out of the house by 40, and, and we're looking at each other like, yeah, that's <laughs> not going to be us. well and and for you scott if i may i mean you're 53 right so so you uh, people must do horrible math on you all the time (laughs) you can see their eyes roll up into their heads and they're like "Uh." (laughs) and and i just go yeah i'll be 71 when they're 18 now shut up (laughs) i you know i looked at it and i thought Okay, well, um, retirement, I didn't really save for retirement, so we're all good there. Uh, um, My retirement plan is two things. One, die. And two, when I can't work or no one will employ me, which is always just around the corner, uh, Amy's working full time. So that's really it. And you know what? Um, One of the things we had to come to grips with, and we haven't podcast this subject yet, but I think it's good, is like, so... We have family and friends who had their babies when they were in their 20s, some of them early 20s, some later 20s, right? That's one way to do it, right? Mm-hmm. You, can, you can be done by 40, done by 45, right? With the actual hands-on, right? Where they're either out of the house or close to. Um, on the other hand, I had fun till I was 45 when Amara was born, right? You right. have that kind of that freedom. You traveled, we went to Argentina, we went to Europe, right? When we went all these places we wanted to go and then well, all that fun has kind of changed now right fun is a different definition now than it was before and i think you can only live one way or the other you can't have your cake and eat it too so i don't think one way is better or worse than the other no but the sacrifice that we're making now is that like when some people might call their golden years right ours will be spent going to soccer games and you know being taxi drivers in at 70 Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, because you know what? Uh, I haven't said this before, but I've noticed some people who, when they're retired in their early 50s, right? Guys, not women, because, but but guys, they look around like, what am I doing? Right. right? Uh, <laughs> now what? Yeah, now what? And, and because they've lost their purpose, right? I'm like, I gotta have a purpose because I got mouths to feed. Yeah, I've got yeah. no choice. Yeah. Right? 
And you got to have your fun when you were young enough to enjoy it. Exactly. (laughs) Right, right. Didn't didn't have that fake hip going around, you know, (laughs) walking around Europe. I can't climb the Alps. I don't have a hip. (laughs) Um, Have you thought about what happens to the podcast when the baby arrives? The direction will change a bit and it'll be more about what it's like with a newborn and an eight-year-old and the dynamic um, of our family and how it changes at that point. And being an older parent. And being an older parent. Like, will I have the same energy? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, even now we've talked about uh, on the podcast and we'll go more into it, how having uh, Amy had our our daughter uh, when she was uh, 32 and 33, Mm -hmm. right? So there's a difference just in the pregnancy, right? Right. Like this pregnancy is has been more difficult all the way around, not just in trying to conceive, but then after we were successful with that, it's it's just different. It's harder. <laughs> and I don't know if that has to do with being older or if it's just the pregnancy itself. I mean, I you do hear every pregnancy is different, so but I, I can definitely tell my energy level isn't as great as it was with her, with Amara. Yeah, there's one part of me that's going, oh, what did we do? <laughs> and, and, you know, I think, I think that is actually the second part of this after the, the baby is born is what were we thinking? <laughs> right? you know, you know. Uh, and, and I think it's a legitimate part because it's one thing to get pregnant when you're older, right? It's another to actually be a hands-on parent. I, I think one of the things that also mystified me in, in trying to conceive was that you know you, you see celebrity births right in their forties or fifties right, and uh, uh, although I don't pay much attention to celebrity culture, it's hard to miss because it's always there in front of you you know and you're online and it, and so did I believed it would be easier than it was and then we went mm-hmm. to a fertility doctor less than a block from where we're sitting right now. And he gave us this, oh, it's about 3% chance. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know? Because of your age, too. We didn't even consider yeah, that. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. And there's your age, too. And I was like, well, I'm a man. I don't have to worry about this stuff, right? <laughs> and he looked at me. Yeah, that was the end of that. Uh, so there's, the, to me, the, there was a chance for the podcast to not only deal with immediate issues, but long-term issues. And I thought, okay, this has growth potential. It was another part of the reason why I thought, well, this is the kind of podcast we want to do because it isn't just one issue. It's a longer-term issue. It's an issue that um, many people have. And I think that many people are led astray when they hear about the 57-year-old grandmother who gives birth to triplets, right? Like, well, giving birth is one thing. Not that it's easy. But raising a child when you're like, I just want a nap. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I think a reality check is definitely needed in this space. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And I, I didn't feel like it was being addressed, at least not on podcasting. All right. Well, I have tons more questions for you about how you're addressing that. But first, we'll take a break for a word from our sponsors. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by YesQuest, a 24-hour gaming marathon in support of youth empowerment and support services. I'm speaking today with Ashley Jansen, a member of the Yes board and one of the gamers who will be playing from noon on August 19th to noon on August 20th to raise money for this important cause. So what is going to be happening at the Northlands Expo Center in August? So 
Uh, as Karen said, it's a 24-hour gaming marathon, so it is a pledge-based uh, pledge fundraiser, and it encouraged uh, participants to raise money to support the programming. And uh, in order to do that, everyone is going to be playing different kinds of games. So uh, we will have video games on any type of console, computer, as well as tabletop, and uh, we'll kind of all, pretty much any game is welcome, and we'll, we'll try and see uh, how far and how long we can go. And you're going to be one of the gamers out there too, right? What are you going to be playing? I sure am. I'm going to be playing Diablo 3. I think. So uh, I'll be clicking away and seeing uh, which character I can get to 60 the fastest. <laughs> and the idea is that people pledge for for every hour that you're out there gaming. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So you can kind of make uh, single donations or, uh, the, you know, people, some people will donate. The longer you, you can you can stay up there, the, the more money they'll give. So there's a couple different ways you can donate. So uh, what is this? What is YesQuest raising money for? So Youth Empowerment and Support Services relies on donations to support youth facing dif uh, difficult realities. So um, over 65% of our annual budget comes from uh, the fundraising and donations. Uh, for example, in 2016, they, they empowered 647 youth and served 60,000 meals. So you can imagine that's uh, a lot of funding is required to do those things. And these homeless youth have a, a high likelihood of moving into adult homelessness. So the services and, and uh, things that we provide for them gives them the resources that they need to be empowered to lead productive lives and learn and grow and uh, hopefully not end up in the trap of homelessness that many people do. That is a good cause. So how can people help? So there's three main ways that people can get involved. One is sponsorship, and we're currently seeking sponsors for various on-site properties. And there's a number of different partnerships. The sponsorship package is available on the website at yesquest.com. Um, alternatively, you can set up a fundraising page, uh, both individually or as a team, through uh, the Yes Canada Helps page, also available on the YesQuest website. And you can either join a team or uh, fundraise individually. And the only rule is that you have to raise a minimum of $50 if you actually want to attend the event. Um, you can also actually uh, fundraise and attend the event from the comfort of your home. You don't necessarily actually have to physically come, uh, and that's up to you. And alternatively, if you don't want to actually game, but you still want to uh, provide a donation, uh, you can support either the general YesQuest uh, donation page or any of the number of uh, current teams who are listed there, including myself. Uh, Pound Decepticons is, is my, my team, and we're slowly bringing money in. That is excellent. I think it's going to be a really fun way for people to contribute to a really important cause in our city. Thanks so much for telling me about it. Set up your page, support someone else's campaign, or look into sponsoring at yesquest.com. That's Y-E-S-S quest.com. All right, we're back with Amy and Scott Frolic of 40 and Knocked Up. So you guys also have a successful band called The Frolics, F-R-O-L-I-C-S, as opposed to the real spelling of your last name, which will be in the show notes. Um, to what extent do you think writing songs about your feelings and your experiences prepared you for this experience? Well, the song um, I'd written, I was... A I wrote a song called TikTok Tick, and that's the song we feature on our podcast. Um, not knowing that I would be using that in the podcast. Oh, really? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. No, no. It was written a year before the podcast started. Oh, wow. Yeah, when we were just in the midst of it and trying and frustrated. And yeah, so that's where that song uh, stemmed from, was just my frustration and... Uh, edgy song <laughs> <laughs> it's edgy but catchy it's been in my head all day I, like no lie <laughs> oh, okay. well that's good <laughs> yeah that's very good yeah and and music is just how we've connected and uh, how we've connected with the community as well um 
helped me uh, really feel more comfortable in being in the public arena. Um, I, I think privacy is both going to be uh, hard found in the 21st century, but also I think it's got to be redefined because really what is privacy anymore with social media? And you can either not participate and be this invisible person um, or you participate and set yourself up for possibly, you know, problems. It's interesting coming hearing that from you because you're also a, a journalist. Yeah. You had a long career in broadcast journalism and journalists often, especially mainstream ones, don't like to be part of the story. Was the, had you already kind of overcome that? Yeah, I, I found that the, the, traditional, the traditional way of viewing journalism kind of died with the beginning of digital journalism. Uh, and I, I think that what we're seeing now uh, for better and certainly for worse, you can see it on all sides, is that what we're, the journalism has become a more me focus where you're the talking head who knows this thing and you talk from that angle and that becomes the way we do journalism. Again, not for better, not for worse. I'm just saying that's just kind of the way it's gone. It's developed that way. And I, I saw it coming with, with the cable networks in about 2005, 2006. Fox was strong that way. Uh, MSNBC, its main competition, was weak that way. CNN was down the middle and really boring. And you could just see that it was changing. And I think that's what's happened for me is that it's one thing to do just a regular story, but it's like no one wants vanilla anymore because vanilla is, there's too many flavors out there. Vanilla is very boring. And I don't know if the audience wants that or will be there for it, you know? It also, I feel like your background has given you a little bit of experience. It's not you're not interviewing Amy, but you're leading Amy through the story, whose beats you know, right? Is that is that on purpose? Is that what you're doing? You know what? That's an excellent way to describe it. Because I was like, I, I knew beforehand. I'm like, I am not going to do the interview. This will not be professional. I had to I had to take that professional shell and throw it <laughs> away, right? Because it's not appropriate. Uh, I thought it would be terrible podcasting. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not how I wanted the story to be told. Uh, what we've decided is like Amy starts every single podcast because I don't want a man's voice talking about being 40 and pregnant, right? <laughs> right? Like I am, I am the secondary here. She is the main storyteller, right? But what can happen is as just like in any novel, right? That secondary character tells the story, right? Of, you know, of the main character. Uh, you know, that's how I viewed it is that, um, you know, I'm, I'm the secondary character, uh, saying, here's the main character going through what she's going through, and I'm going to help her tell the narrative, but I'm not going to interview her, right? This isn't going to be bold-faced question with italics answers, right? Yeah, and it becomes more of just a conversation, and that's what I like. Yeah, does it... Having it, a conversation is what it, it feels like when we're doing it. Because you could have done it other ways, right? You could have been, it could have been a straight-up confessional where you were just talking into the mic about your story or mm -hmm. something. But does it make it easier to have the guy who's been with you since the beginning of this story? It does. Yeah. It does because we went through it all together and just having that, we understand where each other's coming from and it makes the communication part much easier. She's my Jay Gatsby. <laughs> <laughs> all right nick uh <laughs> Ooh, two good references right on and for the three nerds in the audience getting that's that right, right now that's congratulate right, yourself right. 
Um, I want to come back just briefly to, to tra- traditional broadcast journalism. What do you think the future is for this medium? You, you talked a little bit about that at, in your turn at Northwest Fest, but can bi- podcasting actually fill part of the gap that's being left? I think it's filling a huge part of the gap for me. Um, I guess the one podcast that really got me started on the whole thing was on point with Tom Ashbrook out of WBUR in Boston because he was in the middle of the road. He was I couldn't figure out if he was a liberal or a conservative, a Democrat or a Republican because he kind of bothered both sides. And I'm like, <laughs> that's what I want in a guy, someone who I can't stand to listen to Rush Limbaugh, but I can't stand to listen to someone who is on the other side either, right? I need someone who who points at the bear, right, and pokes them, whether the bear's on one side or the other. And that's what really got me started. And I think in a way where we see there is a use for some for vanilla in the sense that the facts have to be out there. But now the spin needs to be done in a way that I think and I think the way that podcasting can work best, which is you've got both sides and then the listener can go, oh, you know what? I believe X. Right. But they've listened to both sides. And and I think that's where certainly a part of this future is in that it's it's so open to intelligence because it's not you know interrupted or a time frame um which even radio can sometimes have i i think it can be brilliant that way and that, that's one of the things that i really like i like about it also the portability i have to say so much of our lives is spent where we can listen to something but we can't watch something right that's driving that's being on the bus um that's working out and i found out that i was listening to podcasts for hours right but i was downloading them all in the same way that um, the internet has changed everything about journalism, I think the internet might have changed a lot about music too. Have you the the fact that everything is digital f- feels like it makes it easier for everyone around the world to listen to you. It makes it harder for you to make money. Is that right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what did we make over the last? So we're on CD Baby, which is a great uh, great platform for sending you on to all the different uh, streaming services. It used to mostly just be iTunes and download. So we have five albums on there, right? And, and before we'd get a, a couple of checks every month, of, uh, pardon me, every year of about 100 or so dollars US. Ooh, I'm not saying there's <laughs> a lot of money. I'm not saying there's money in music, right? <laughs> so <laughs> now that it's moved to streaming and now that iTunes has moved to streaming, right? Like with 23 million subscribers. Our, I was checking this week how many how much money we have in there, right? And this is after what a year since we've checked mm-hmm. nineteen dollars. Really? We get streamed. We get streamed multiple times every day because like the great thing about it is you can see you know when you've been streamed and which which platform. And I'm like, wow, wow. Like if it wasn't for playing live and getting paid, and thank you Edmonton venues for doing that. Yes. Really, like honestly, thank you for doing that. There's no mu- there's no music and money in it. there's no, no money music and money. There's no money in music. Um, there's no poetry and art, but there's no art. And po- <laughs> no, no. There's no money in uh, there's no money in art, but there's no art and money. Yes. Right? Um, but it, otherwise, it would be it would be gone. I, I cannot believe how streaming, in my opinion, has destroyed the local musician. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It's- what can be done? Well, <laughs> to play more live, <laughs> I don't see it changing, you know, unless I, I, that's already going, it's, we're going down that road now and that's what people are used to. And cause maybe the really big bands can make it up at the, 
at, at big gigantic shows and and they'll sell you t-shirts for like 120 dollars yep. and you can come meet them in backstage for a million dollars or whatever right Tour like a dog yeah <laughs> but for for a small independent band yeah. you're really rocking a hard place yeah it's really hard there used to be a light at the end of the tunnel and like iTunes download, you know, 99 cents. I got 65 cents of that song, right? I was like, this is great. Um, now, if we make 65 cents in a month over this, over an incredible amount of downloads, I'm like, ooh. Mm-hmm. There's, I used to think there was a light at the end of the tunnel, but now it's dark. Like, I don't see a solution. There is no money at the end of the rainbow. That's why all your favorite bands and some of the less favorite ones are touring all the time because that's the only time Mm-hmm. They're making money. Right. That streaming is just the promotional stuff that they do. Yeah, recording is cheap now, right? Of course, anybody can record and anybody does, which is a different issue. <laughs> but but the thing is that it becomes, why are you bothering? No, don't put out a CD. Like we were thinking we want to record by the end of the year uh, another album or some material. But we're like, we'll just send yeah. it to CD Baby and have them send it up to all the streaming services because there's no use. Our last album, we did mostly download cards. And nobody wants those either, right? Mm-hmm. Just put it on the streaming service and go. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should get into book writing and podcasting instead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I did see more, I see more future in podcasting mm-hmm. than I do mm-hmm. uh, in, in music when it comes to money. Right? I mean, I love music. Right there's not a it's not like you have to choose one or the other, but there's no money in music right now. All right, on that happy note, no, that can't, that's not a happy note. Let's end on a happier note. So, have you planned an editorial calendar for Forty and Knocked Up? And do you have a like? Do you know how long you want to do this for? Well, I think we're we're shooting for an episode a week. Mm. Um, so a new episode every Monday, mm-hmm. and. Um, we're just going to keep going. Like I, it's so, such a great creative outlet. It's, you know, we find it's nicer than just watching TV, you know, yeah, we can, we can yeah. go down and, and, uh, down into the basement where we go and <laughs> the quietest part of the house <laughs> and have a honest conversation. And well, I, what we're doing is we're following the chapters of the book or even smaller, like just taking a couple paragraphs of the book. So we're following that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I want to do 52. So that's one a week, like you said on Monday. Um, and then reevaluate. Like I have some specific, we have some specific goals as to how many listeners and downloads we want to have per podcast by the end of it mm-hmm. in order to know whether or not we're, we're really engaging an audience. Mm-hmm. Because um, again, we've learned from music you know, our, our music changed as we went and thought, what do we want to do? What, is the, what does the audience want? Let's find where those two things meet. We have to love what we're doing, but we also don't want to do it in front of an empty house. That applied to music and that applies to podcasting as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when's Baby Do? August 27th. So ah, soon. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. So we'll have exciting. to record the podcast before that for that week. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we just have a lot of, a lot of screaming. <laughs> Well, as you up. know from the first time around, there's a fair amount of downtime. So I think you could, you you could do something, Scott, while you're waiting. Yeah, <laughs> true. Last time I slept in the delivery room. That's probably the smartest thing to do. Yeah. But oh, you should do a podcast from the delivery room. It's so funny. <laughs> Quit whining, Amy. <laughs> I get a lot of fan support on that one. <laughs> what are you screaming about? There's nothing to worry about. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> trying to watch television. Quiet. Whack. Yeah. All right. <laughs> exactly. Right, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to hear about local podcasts that Scott and Amy recommend. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. The Alberta Podcast Network will help support creators of homegrown podcasts and provide a powerful way for Alberta-based businesses and organizations to reach the audiences of those very podcasts. Together, we're stronger. You know this. You know that I believe this if you listen to this podcast. And I think we have a huge opportunity here to build a new way to work together thanks to ATB Financial. You can learn more about the network at albertapodcastnetwork.com. So we're back. So I always like to get my guests to recommend some local podcasts so we can spread the love. What do you like to listen to? Um, Right now, I'm enjoying Start the Music. So this is a fabulous podcast. I'm glad that you brought it to our attention that um, Kat Griffiths does. Uh, where she interviews local bands, so gives some local bands some lo- local love, and, and not all local, but but independent bands for sure. Um, plays their music and fangirls out, and yeah, she's delightful. I got to; she's been on this podcast actually way before because she also is part of the super team of women who do Verity, which is a Doctor Who podcast um, with a whole bunch of that crew from Edmonton and. Uh, and then she decided that she also loves music. So that's cool. <laughs> that's very, that was very cool. cool. And, and uh, you know, like when we were talking uh, at the Northwest Film Festival about doing a music podcast, um, I remember people asking about how you do it considering all the legal restrictions. So I'm glad Kat found a way to work around it because it just seemed like it was fraught with legal issues and royalties and it is actually one of my other guests that I've one of the podcasts that will be coming out later in the summer is from Jeff McCallum from Cups and Cakes and um, he recommends people actually do buy a SOCAN license just just to cover all their bases I think the cat gets around it by invite asking permission of the bands and the kinds of bands she's asking they're not going to get in trouble with their record company because they are their record company or whatever. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, there's there's ways to get around it, I think, but it's, it's complicated for sure. Cool. Another podcast to listen to is The Broadcast. Yes. From uh, Trish Estabrooks and uh, Alex Abchek regarding uh, women in politics. Their last one was, I was just listening to it, was uh, Male Feminist, and it had... Uh, the counselor Andrew Nack, I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Rhea Kesh Walters, and yeah. um, she got some some good ones in on him. She, I think that, that that was a really great episode, and I think we actually heard him have an epiphany on that. So good, <laughs> good on them for making that happen. Uh, yeah, that's a great one too. And also, you can hear Scott on the broadcast because uh, Trisha and Alex uh, interviewed him at Northwest Fest um, a couple episodes ago. So we'll link to that in the show notes. My final question for you is what's your advice for someone who's considering an autobiographical podcast like yours? I think you just have to just be open and honest. Don't hold back. Don't try to cover anything. Just really talk about what you're feeling, how you feel about um, certain issues and just come at it from an, an honest place in your heart. Anything to add, Scott? No, that was brilliant. Yes. <laughs> okay, just do what she said. Thank you so much. That actually is, that is you just discussed our entire marriage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks so much for talking to me today. That was really great. Well, thank you for having us. You can subscribe to 40 and Knocked Up in Apple Podcasts, and you can find 40 and Knocked Up um, on their lips on their website at 40andknockedup.libsyn.com. You can also get the, on their Facebook page, 40 and Pragerus will get you there. And listen to their music, maybe pay for it instead of streaming it. But anyway, <laughs> I'm sure they would like it if you listen to their music anyway at thefrolicsband.com. All these links and their recommendations will be in the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com. Subscribe to my newsletter at seenandheardyeg.com for complete coverage of Edmonton's blogs and podcasts. And visit albertapodcastnetwork.com to sign up for updates on the network we're building powered by ATB. Many thanks to Castria for helping me produce this podcast. You can find out how they can help you at wearecastria.com. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.